Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. This is our Southridge member podcast, helping people get the inside scoops on the life around our church. And uh, got some special guests today, good friends of mine that I've met through an event out in Edmonton, uh, a couple named Neil and Cheryl Josephson. Guys, say hi to our Southridge community. Hi, Southridge. Hi, Southridge. Thanks for having <laughs> and us, And hi, Jeff. Jeff. And uh, knowing that this is your first time joining us in this environment, give us a bit of a background on who you are, where you're from, family history, <laughs> anything interesting, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know how interesting it is, but <laughs> we're, um, we've been married 42 years. We both grew up in Western Canada in uh, faith-filled homes, Christian homes. Yeah. Um, for the we have two sons. We got married pretty young, uh, and especially we, you. I was a baby. Let's put it in context. She was nineteen. I was nineteen. <laughs> I was twenty three. When our kids turned nineteen, I'm like, oh my goodness, who would let yeah. anybody get married at that age? But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> my parents obviously did. Um, so we had two sons, two daughters in law, and four grandkids, and uh, we live in Fort Langley, BC, and. Um, Prior to what we do now, which I'll let Neil tell you about, Neil was a, has spent most of his first half of his career in Christian higher education. He was president of a Bible college. And I spent my first half of my career life as a television newscaster, uh, mostly in Western Canada, though I worked in Toronto for a few years. So kind of kind of across the country. And so now- that, So then since 2006, we've been working full-time in marriage and family ministry uh, primarily marriage ministry, actually. And then in 2010, we came back to Canada. We're Canadians, but we were working in California. Then we came back to Canada in 2010 to leave Family Life Canada. And um, Southridge, our story with Southridge, here's the deal. We got to know Southridge through Jeff, who's a fantastic representative of your community. <laughs> uh, but we not only enjoyed Jeff, as he started telling us more about the church, and we've had the privilege to read uh, the manuscript he's written. So what a great dynamic community that's trying to figure out how to live faith that matters in Southern Ontario, that matters to Canada. So uh, it's awesome uh, to partner up with y'all. You guys yeah, so uh, were doing, you guys were doing a, a marriage conference and we'll get into this later, but you were doing a marriage conference in Niagara Falls last year and uh-huh. we got to connect in Niagara and the Lake. Uh, Becky and I got to have dinner with you. We oh, got no. probably three quality hours of marriage counseling from the two of you. So <laughs> been... no, but wasn't that fun to just sit in that quiet little inn with yeah. the rain pouring outside yeah. and yeah, it was the really old fun. man in Niagara, the Lake. Many of us That's listening right. will know where that oh, is. Product and, placement. There you go. Let's get some money. Had a, had, a, had a great time with you guys. So, gang, if, if you're you know not sensing already, these guys have huge hearts for Jesus mm-hmm. and real kingdom-ministry-minded hearts. They've been a joy to get to know. And mm-hmm. I'm thrilled to kind of dive deeper into some of the conversation we started to have uh, yesterday in our Hitting Refresh series about seeing Jesus affect the people around you the most the, the closest to you. And uh, ultimately, that's what we want to kind of talk about in your experience, uh, especially of your marriage ministry uh, with Family Life Canada. So let, let's dive into just some of the history and background here of this, this ministry you guys run called Family Life Canada. For those of us who may not be familiar with it, what does Family Life Canada do? Yeah, okay. So Family Life Canada is one of the expressions of power to change which is the name that grew out of Campus Crusade for Christ Canada. So 15 years ago, changed the power to change. And so if you know the history, the passion of this, this mission 
is to introduce people to new life in Jesus Christ through faith. So that's been the passion. Now, family life specifically focuses on marriage and family. And here's the connection. We think that every Canadian wants to have a healthier family, wants to have a healthier set of relationships, wants to have a healthy marriage if they're married. So you have this wonderful opportunity to build a relationship. And and inevitably, when you're talking about what makes life tick, you talk about Jesus Christ. So that's what we do. We're trying to strengthen marriages and families. We'll do that for anybody, anywhere, anytime. And the goal, though, is to see family as a place to both know Jesus and to show Jesus. Because I think when families are, are loving and forgiving and gracious, I think it's a light to the world. Mm. So we're trying to strengthen marriages and families for that reason. Mm. Well said. Sure. <laughs> that's, that's good enough. We can move on. What, what, uh, so w- with that heart, what kind of ministry do you offer? Yeah. So we do a lot, a lot of different things, but um, our, our primary focus is equipping people, volunteers, we call them home builders across the country to do marriage ministry, if you want to call it that, kind of where they live, in their neighborhoods, in their own churches, in their... And so everything we do is designed to find these people, these people who care about not just their own marriage and family, but other people's marriages and families, and then equip them with some tools to actually make a difference where they live. So we um, we coach churches, we host marriage conferences across the country, and some of them are huge, like up to 700 people, which is just inspiring in itself that there's 700 people who care enough about their marriage and their family to spend a weekend together in a hotel room, which we can't do anymore, but um, we, will. Someday. we will again. And so, and that's sort of where we find these home builders, and then we have a build a relationship with them, equip them, and and so we love to think that what we do really um, strengthens and and supports what local churches are doing. Um, we we've created some uh, proprietary content, and check it out at familylifecanada.com. Um, we have a digital marriage conference that you can run in your own church and your own small group or whatever. Uh, so we create content, but the other thing is there's a lot of other great organizations. So we try to partner with churches mm-hmm. and organizations and curate their content. So we're just trying to encourage marriages because we believe that marriage is, is a cornerstone of a family. And then uh, the cornerstone of uh, a, a person's life is Jesus Christ. And when you talk about that, guys, that that ultimately what you're trying to do is get marriages and families to both know Jesus and mm. show Jesus, what, what are the primary impacts, whether it's the resources that you've produced or these uh, marriage enrichment weekends, workshops, you know, uh, what are the primary impacts that, that your ministry has? Well, I'll, I'll speak about the conferences. The, the joy of those conferences is that we, we get uh, couples c- coming to them. It's primarily focused on marriage. We do parenting conferences as well, but the, the ones I'm talking about are primarily in marriage conferences. Uh, I would say about 10% of the people that come are in real trouble. Their marriages are on the rocks. The divorce papers are pr- mm. on the counter at home. And this is sort of their last ditch effort to try to make something work. And then there's another 10% who are leaders and people involved in marriage ministry. And they're just trying to find kind of new tools for them to use to help other people. But the chunk in the middle, about the 80% people are like, probably like you and Becky and Neil and I, 
We mm-hmm. believe in our marriage. We love our marriage, but we know we've got some rough patches and rough spots that we mm-hmm. could probably work on. And so those, that's kind of who's at the conference. And I just love, we love the process of seeing light bulbs come on, of kind of guiding couples in conversations to take them to places that they maybe couldn't get on their own. And so I would say the primary impact is to kind of pull out of people what's already in there, what God has already wired mm-hmm. into them. They're, everybody has a desire for a healthy, whole, rich marriage and family. A lot of us just haven't had the models we need or had the tools we need to kind of do it on our own. And so what we try to do is come alongside, kind of raise the bar, because that's the other thing. Culturally, marriage and family, I think, has been has gotten a bit of a bad rap. You know, marriages don't work. The hmm. kind of word on the street is 50% of the marriages fall apart, which isn't true, by the way, statistically, mm-hmm. but that's kind of the word on the street. And so I think we want to elevate again that that this is a marriage and family is a gift of God to enrich our lives and to show him to the world around us. And when the light bulbs start popping on, it's almost like you can see it happening yeah, in the room. Okay. To me, uh, and I would summarize it in the word hope. Mm. So if people come to the event and they go away more hopeful about their future and the future of their family and their country, and the hope comes from two places. One is simply knowing I'm not alone. Mm. Like we're very candid at the events and people will feed back to us all the time. Like I thought we were the only people who did that. Therefore we must've been a, or struggling with that. a, a garbage yeah. couple, you know, mm. because everybody else is fine, but we're not. And they start going, okay, we're not alone. And there is help and there's other people like us. So that gives them hope. And then there's always enough practical, try this kind of content in our teaching uh, that they can go away and, and try something. Uh, and then here's what we've learned. If people can experience a little bit of growth, a little bit of increased health, it gives them energy to keep growing. Mm-hmm. You're never going to solve everything in a weekend or a week or a small group study, but over time, yeah, wow, big change. And what have you guys seen as the intersection between the practical advice and the mm-hmm. spiritual rootedness? Talk about that relationship quickly. Yeah. uh, Well, I will just say that as much, I mean, we are incredible advocates for marriage and family, but we don't kind of worship at the altar of the family. Uh, Our, we, we really believe that, I mean, we were created for one thing. We were created Mm -hmm. to live in a relationship with our creator and, you know, we just celebrated Christmas and, and we can see how God gave us that gift and, and, um, but I would, I would say that the, so the passion for marriage and family is that we see that Jesus can live in our marriages and in our families and enrich us. And I think if we do family right, the way God intended family, the way God intended marriages to work, I think we not only experience a little bit of kingdom life in our own home, we get to kind of display that kingdom life to the people around us. So um, I think the home marriages and families are the the best evangelistic tool we've got yeah, going. No now, kidding. that sounds a little bit mechanistic and a little bit manipulative, and it's not the way we do our ministry, but I actually believe that. If well, we could get our where... family and marriage right, we would have no trouble evangelizing. And and this is this is some of what I wanted to dig into flowing out of the conversation we had as a church community yesterday. You know, first of all, trying to hit the refresh button in our lives mm. with God differentiating differentiating what it means to live as a 
humble follower of Jesus aspiring to bear his likeness and advance his purposes mm-hmm. in the world to a greater degree versus just relating to God like a vending machine. Yeah. But then, you know, this, this past Sunday, we talked about how that kind of authentic faith actually is intended by God to most affect those closest to you. <laughs> and and the, the way that we often say it is that faith, in a lot of ways, begins at home. So mm-hmm. talk about how that philosophy or that that mindset that that the home actually is the breeding ground for stimulating faith and the primary breeding ground for expressing faith. Talk about mm-hmm. that a little. Mm-hmm. Well, bang on. And anybody who's thought long and hard about the church or our culture or the future comes back to the home, I think. It's the first environment uh, that, that influences a young life. It's the most pervasive influence early on. I mean, mom and dad are the thing in kids' lives. And people talk about later on, well, you know, peer pressure and this and that. Even there, the, the ability of a, a teenager or a young adult to, to navigate his or her own way is directly related to the resilience taught to them by their, by their family. So the roots are in the home. The roots are early. The roots are deep. And none of us are perfect. So, you know, it's easy when you talk about parents and parents go feel bad and, oh, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. Man, we've all messed up a lot. Um, But if we can impart a living faith to our children, then let's trust God to bring good fruit out of that. So, I mean, all the research that that we've done in our pastoral experience and our own experience as parents is... um, if, if the parents, if the home is a place of authentic faith, the chance that the children will go up and live in authentic faith, a resilient faith, is very, very high. The problem is when there's a huge disconnect between what we say we believe, mm. like we go to church on Sunday and yeah, that's important kids. And then we go home and live in a way that undercuts all of that. Mm-hmm. That's all the evidence points out. That's when kids grow up disillusioned and their faith is too fragile to stand the difficulties of our culture, because there's plenty of challenges. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, trying to move this a bit more practical, mm-hmm. um, when you when you consider how important it is that a faith in Jesus is affecting those closest to you, and how for many people, those closest to you are primarily your home, yep. mm-hmm. what, what does it take to make that happen? Yeah, I would say, well, for, first of all, we often teach about the your nearest neighbor, Um like there's so many, there, there are, there are relatively few verses in the Bible about how to do marriage and how to be parents, but there are tons of verses in the Bible about how we should treat our neighbors. Mm-hmm. And so we often remind ourselves, Neil is actually my nearest neighbor. The guy on the next pillow is actually my nearest neighbor. And then if we have children in the home, they're our next nearest neighbors. And, and so all of the principles that Jesus taught about how we're to, to treat one another. It's all actually, one another's, right? All the one another's. Forgive yes. one another, bear one another's burdens. Yeah, put the know? best interests of the yeah. others ahead of your own. Those are parent verses. Those they're, are marriage verses. Yeah, and we don't often interpret them no. that way, I think. Um, I love the the past. I was actually just reading in Philippians where Paul is telling the Philippians, he says, whatever you've learned or you've received from me or heard from me, put it into practice. And so I think when we, when we do marriage and family right in our homes, our kids can, we can say that to our kids. Mm -hmm. We can say, so what we do, how we look, how we live, how we live our lives, how we treat each other, you should do the same. 
I think it's hard because we live with each other 24-7, all of our differences, our different pasts, our different personalities, all of our kind of human differences kind of come clashing in in yep. family relationships, particularly marriage. And so it's hard to sustain it 24-7. And so our kids don't see perfect parents. But here's what I think the problem is. I think we're too, we spend too much of our time trying to defend Jesus' reputation Uh even with our kids, like we're trying to, um, this is what Christians look like kids. They should, they should, we, well, you should do this or you should behave this way. Or we, and I think the focus becomes on what we want our kids to do rather than on just kind of living our lives with Jesus in a really healthy way. And then letting them observe that and letting yep. them learn, learn by watching. And here's three practical things that I think We've tried to do, and healthy Christian families that do a great job do. Uh, I would pray uh, in front of your kids, with your kids, and I just don't mean table grace. That's wonderful. But, uh, you know, kids, we got something your kids are worried about. Well, let's pray about that. Like to teach them prayer and model that from the earliest stages is super, super important. I think to um, turn to the Bible for wisdom, uh, read the Bible with them, or have them see that you read the Bible. Mm. This is profound. That you know, it's not just something that the the preacher on the Sunday handles, but but I look to it every day. And then the third thing I think is to really in, involve your uh, kids, expose your kids to a community of faith like Southridge, mm-hmm. uh, so that they profoundly get the message. Don't try this alone. Like like walk with other men and women and other kids your age. Uh, boy, if those three practical things you just did as consistently as you could. Huge impact. I'm going to add one more. Okay. I think if if we can learn, if we can show what grace looks like in our homes. Oh, that's good. I'm good to cut that. Um, so here's the thing. Yeah. I used to think that, um, you know, the more we understood about God, the more that would enhance our human relationships, which I think is true. But I'm coming to also believe that the more we understand and the more we see, like our human relationships can also inform what we know of God. For mm. example, it astounds me how much grace and forgiveness Neil has shown me over the over the years. And when I doubt God's grace and when I doubt God's love, I, I think, well, man, if Neil can forgive me and if Neil still loves me, God is love. So how much more does he love me? And so I think our human relationships as husband and wife, hmm. and then as parents and kids, I think we can under, we can help our kids hmm. grasp who God is and how God loves and how God forgives if they see evidence of it in our homes. And I think that's why we need to be willing to be authentic with our kids. We need to acknowledge when we mess up. We need to tell them, I've, you know, I've wandered away from Jesus and I, that's not the way Jesus teaches us to do this. And hmm. so I need to, I need to confess Mm -hmm. and I need to come back to Jesus. And I want my kids to see me kind of that, that in a dynamic relationship. Hard to teach grace later if they never saw it. Well, and you're you're tapping into something that I feel is, is so fundamental, not just to what we were trying to talk about yesterday, but to uh, at least our church's whole understanding of a life with God, because sometimes we'll have parents or even uh, people in marriages and they'll say, Hey, you know, you don't, teach enough on parenting or you don't provide enough tips on parenting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the whole point is that it's not tips. It's yes. the outflowing of the deeper yes. life with God, Absolutely. the life that growingly understands love, the life that growingly 
appreciates and extends grace, a mm. life that's oriented to the other, mm. a life that uh, aspires to love your neighbor, let alone your nearest neighbor, right? Yeah, a love yeah. that's uh, a life that's increasingly bearing the fruit of the spirit. I know too many quote unquote Christian families, Christian parents who are sharpening the the toolbox, so to speak, you know, reading and doing all the 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 the, the parenting events. But are lacking the underlying fruit of the spirit, and that's what their kids catch. Oh, hundred percent. You know, it, it's like th- this actually flows out of the vibrancy of your life with yes. God. Yes. And certainly, there's a skill development. There's practical help and tips and advice and experiences, no question. But the 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 more Christ-like a person and a couple can become the more their kids are going to be well-parented, I would feel. Perfectly said. And let me quote our friend Gary Thomas. This is such a great quote. Applies to marriage, applies to parenting. He said, uh, it's more than the how-to. You have to have a heart-to. And and Cheryl and I always feel like we can teach how-tos or you can go to parent seminars and they do how-tos. And these are still valuable. Mm -hmm. And please come to our events. You'll learn some (laughs) stuff. But don't lose sight of the fact of what you just said, Jeff. Only God can give you the heart to. You know, that verse, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Now, I don't know how people, what people connote with all these things, but put on that list good relationships with your children. Children who choose faith. Kids turning out right. Exactly. Peace peace in your home. You know, these are the things that come when we seek God first. Yeah, it's interesting because you, you don't know this, but last week we launched into a 28-day community-wide spiritual practice mm. of seeking to read uh, every single day through the month of January, the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and brilliant. so the kind of things that you're talking about, <laughs> um, I mean, that's a brilliant phrase that it's less about how-tos and more about the heart to that's the inside out life of Jesus that he's inviting mm-hmm. us to experience. So mm-hmm. um want to switch gears a little bit because I know that a huge passion for the two of you is specifically around marriage ministry. And I know not all of our listeners are married. Uh, so I want to make that disclaimer, but just, just rant a little bit about <laughs> why marriages are such a source of passion for you and you know, everything about the, the secret to a thriving marriage, mm. yeah, your encouragement specifically to marriages. Well, we get asked that We could question. go on a long time we here. Could. We'll try to be precise. We're, 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 we're going to stop at 30 minutes. Okay, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Tight. We get asked that question. The secret question is, you know, whenever we're in a plane uh, or a cab or at a massage therapist or anything, um, whenever we get asked a question, it's always so, so what's the secret of a healthy marriage? So we're... We have a long answer. We have a short answer, but the short answer is this learning how to put somebody else's best interests ahead of your own, um, which is easy to kind of roll off the tongue. It takes a lifetime to figure out how Mm. to do that. And I think when we paint a healthy picture and a, and a clear picture of what marriage can be, we're very much aware very quickly of how inadequate we are to live into that. And so God's created this beautiful relationship of marriage, this beautiful picture for family. And all of us in our humanness sort of like, yeah, that's great, but I can't do that. I can't learn how to put somebody else's best interests ahead of my own. But I think that's where we realize we need some divine intervention. We need some help with the heart too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, um, so the secret is is simple to say. It's it it's hard to live out, actually. And and for those of us listening, like the, 
this is why we've focused so much over the last even decades to become a more missional church. Yeah. So that our life of faith, personally and communally, is increasingly oriented to the other. This is why we spend so much time camping out on you know, passages like Philippians 2 that talk about the nature of Jesus being relinquishing his privilege mm-hmm. to advantage those of less privilege. Because if we can stir up that orientation to the other, whether it's societally in compassion and justice or with our nearest neighbors, those in our workplace, those we live around, those in our home, it affects everything. So I just, I'm so encouraged by that, you know, kind of bottom, bottom line. If I'm in the airplane, here's the secret I'll give someone (laughs) the capacity to growing to, to in a growing way, orient your heart to another. That's, that's powerful. Mm. Mm Um, I want to spend a few minutes here because this is what ultimately kind of unites all of you and I in a relationship is even though you run this parachurch ministry, your heart is ultimately for the local church in Canada Mm -hmm. to thrive. Talk about why the health and vibrancy of local churches is so important to you guys. Well, hundred percent. This is why we love to work with you and, and we work with churches across Canada. Our, our passion is to partner with hundreds and thousands of churches across this country uh, because they are the local home for hope and grace and faith, right? Like, like there should be, people shouldn't be uh, able to walk three blocks in this country without bumping into a community that would welcome them, give them help, hope, grace, and truth, right? I mean, that, that's what we'd love to see. So that's, uh, and that will transform our country. So every church that can thrive like Southridge is doing and trying to find a way to be high impact for Christ's sake in your community, man, we want to see that everywhere. A slice of that mm-hmm. is marriage and family ministry. Yeah. There's many, many pieces, many dimensions to what Southridge does, and they're all important. Uh, but we love this family marriage piece because this is generational changes. Children that grow up in homes of faith, where it's authentic faith, follow Jesus way more regularly at a much, much higher rate. So if we want to generationally change things, start with the marriage, start Mm -hmm. with the home. And the local church is so important because it's everywhere. We're only in a few places, but there's local churches everywhere. And people shouldn't, like I said, you know, Martin Luther used to have that uh, phrase. He he said there should be a priest at every elbow. And he meant somebody who could introduce you to God. Uh, Man, there should be on every corner, every neighborhood, a church that can help you. Here's, Here's what I think is also the connection between, you know, kind of what we do. We... We come alongside the church and everything we do, we encourage people to be part of a faith community. Uh, But here's why I think the marriage and family is important to the local church. Because if your marriage is in trouble or your kids are are on the rocks or that relationship's on the rocks, Hmm. all of our energy, all of our focus turns in. It's like having a a canker sore in your your mouth, right? You're... Hmm. Every, your, your attention is always at that sore spot. And I think we've lost so much of what the kingdom can do and kingdom impact in our world because we are so focused in on our own pain in our marriages and in our families. 
we have nothing left to give to the world. (laughs) We have nothing left to contribute to the kingdom cause because all of our energy and all of our focus is so inward focused Mm -hmm. on our unhealthy, broken marriages that we can't do our what God's called us to do in the world. And so we feel like if, if we can help couples restore the intimacy, the strength, the health in their marriages through the grace of God, then they can, they can use all of that kind of positive energy to contribute to kingdom work outside the home as well. It's Very amazing. True. You guys want to get people off of being on defense yes. <laughs> able to be on kingdom offense. That's, yes. that's, I think where our hearts really have, have, have synced. And, you know, I, I, I know there's so much more that we could talk about as yeah, far as your ministry. And I encourage people to, to, to go to your website and, and access your, your ministry for that. What would you say on the flip side that local churches can do to, in practical ways, better support a faith that begins at home? You know, if we could steer you again, back to, we curate other people's stuff. Uh, there is an outfit called Faith at Home. That does that has the great resources. We love working with uh, some folks at Connected Families. Mm-hmm. They have a very simple uh, framework for parenting that demystifies it and just sort of helps you navigate uh, where to go. So I would say uh, churches would find a pattern again because it's pretty easy to go chasing all over the place, but to take a pattern like Connected Families, you got four foundational steps. Like people can remember that. People can act on that. So I think for a church to choose which way you're going to go and then be consistent with it and drive mm-hmm. it down into your generations, and uh, that would be a great piece. And then we're huge fans of mentoring. Yeah. The, that the wisdom, this has been the ancient way to learn anything, and it's throughout the Bible, that one generation would path on, pass on wisdom, hope, and faith to the next generation. So we're big, big fans of marriage mentoring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huge fans. And I think... I think we can also, mentoring helps with this, but if we can create local churches where authenticity is welcome, where we can actually be real (laughs) when our marriages are struggling, Mm -hmm. when we're struggling with our parenting, Mm -hmm. there's no judgment attached to that. There's just a lot of grace. I think... I think people have lived too often in the shadows and their marriages, we learn this from our conferences, people go for help way too late. Counselors will tell you that four to six years, couples will, will wait four to six years too long before they will seek out Mm -hmm. any sort of help. And I think if our churches could be places where people could be real and I, I think we, I think marriages would have a better chance if they can be honest about their struggles earlier on. And I just think, I think God's church would be, Oh, I get all emotional about this. I think God's church would be so relevant if, if our local churches were places where families who are broken, who are struggling marriages that are kind of in the roughest patch they've ever been in can find a place to be safe and a place to be heard and be encouraged and not judged. I just think that would transform our kingdom impact in our world. I got to stop. That's great. It's a little emotional. Great. I was going to say, you know, do you have any final encouragements to those of us from our community listening here when it comes to living a faith that most positively reveals Jesus and affects those closest to us? Uh, I just want you to keep going here, uh, Cheryl. So <laughs> let it, we could talk forever, but final, just, you know, final plea to our community. Remember that 
we go through seasons and in a season it's easy to lose hope or, or be discouraged when certain things aren't going the right way. But the whole thing about faith is to believe in things not yet seen and, and to believe that when I am faithful to God and I'm living authentically with my family, that I can trust God with these outcomes and, and think, yeah, that that's enough. But I would just say people get caught up in the moment sometimes and, and that's, when they can make poor decisions as a couple or maybe even as parents, mm-hmm. but to, but to hope our faith in the God who never changes and will see us through, even if, even in a difficult moment. Mm-hmm. And the, let's just be honest. These have been difficult yeah. moments for a lot of families this last COVID season, uh, a line from a Christmas Carol has struck me over the past while that, the weary world rejoices. And I think we're all weary. Uh-huh. We're, we're all weary and families are weary and marriages are weary. And I think the the message of Christmas and the message that the local church can give to the world is that we have reason for hope, reason to rejoice. And we have a God who walks with us through the tough things of life and marriage and family and I, we just a hundred percent support what you're doing and, yeah. and would love to encourage your church community in any way we can, Jeff. Well, I appreciate that so much gang. As you've been listening, uh, I know it, it's only been a half hour, but I think already you can figure out why I've fallen in love with these guys. And I'm so glad that God connected our hearts together, uh, in a, a number of different ministry paths that we've been able to to connect with. So guys, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Uh, FamilyLifeCanada.com. Mm-hmm. Correct. FamilyLifeCanada.com. Yes, that is correct. And let's make a deal. We'll pray for Southridge this year and you pray for us too. Fantastic deal. Uh, thanks so much for joining us guys. And thanks to all of you for tracking again this week. We'll see you uh, in another seven days as we continue finding our way together. Take care everyone. Bye.